Hi everyone, welcome to Sacred Musings with me, Phil Saker. I'm squeezing in another video on Revelation today. Um, over the past couple of weeks, just by way of explanation, I've been doing um, Revelation videos on a Sunday, um, but that time doesn't really work for me, so I thought I'd try doing one on a Tuesday. So I do the video on the Bible, which is currently on Revelation on a Tuesday, and then do the, the, the sort of podcast format on a Thursday. So that's the way it's kind of settling down, just to let you know. So we're on Revelation chapter 13. Um, in the previous chapter, on chapter 12, we were thinking about the battle between good and evil, you know, between the dragon, between Satan, and between what is good and right, you know, with God. And that how the, the, the dragon, he couldn't get to, to Jesus, he couldn't get, you know, to, um, uh, to, to him. So he, he went after God's people instead. And we were saying that's a pattern of how things work. Um, this chapter kind of spells that out in more detail and we're beginning to think now about, you know, if that's the case in cosmic terms, what does that actually look like on Earth? You know, how do we see that that working out in what happens on Earth? And so that's what this chapter is really about. And this is a big chapter, you know, um, like we saw Revelation 12 with 13 are the central uh, chapters in Revelation. And um, this is describing kind of what's going to happen um, throughout history until the end of time, till Jesus returns. Um, and this is the chapter which has got the mark of the beast in it as well. And um, I did a video a few months ago about whether vaccine passports were the mark of the beast. And you can go and watch that if you like. But uh, I'd just like to, uh, to, to update that because um, I've, I've sort of um, changed my mind slightly on that. Um, so here we go. This is Revelation chapter 13, um, and I'll read verses 1 to 10 first. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads, with ten crowns on its horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear, and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. Okay, now I know one of the problems that people have um, with Revelation is it's full of this kind of symbolic imagery and it's difficult to picture what it means. But actually, I don't think the symbolism is all that um, all that tricky in that I think that the, the bigger picture is what's really important here and what's going on. So the bees coming out of the sea, I think what this represents is kind of earthly empires, 
So the dragon, um, Satan, he um, is sort of gives authority and power to earthly empires. That's the way that he works in the world. That it seems like since the days of the Tower of Babel, you know, perhaps you remember the story of the Tower of Babel. Uh, maybe you did that in Sunday school. Um, but, you know, it's way back in Genesis. Look it up if you don't know it. Um, when mankind come together and they come together against God. And that seems to be uh, the case through human history, that when human beings, when mankind gathers together, it's gathering against God. And that's something which we see here that, you know, especially when we build empires, it's a gathering together, but not in order to gather to do good, but it's gathering in order to do evil. And that seems to be a pattern throughout human history. And that's what we see. And I think that's what this passage here is describing. Just to um, to give you a flavour, by the way, of what the, um, the people who read this would have been um, thinking as they read it. Uh, they were um, living in the Roman Empire. And I've mentioned before the imperial cult in Rome, where the emperor was seen as, as a god. Um, so Nero, for example, on his coins, was titled Saviour of the World. Domitian was addressed as Dominus et Deus Noster, that is, our Lord and God. So um, we're, we're looking at really an, an empire setting itself up as God. You know, an empire setting itself up as a, as a, a rival to God, you know, wanting to do things in its own way. And the people kind of go, you know, go along with it. They worship the beast, it said. And they said, who's like the beast? Who can wage war against it? Because it looks so big and powerful. And I, I thought that was really significant, actually, that, you know, people just think that the beast is, is impregnable. You know, people think that the beast is not um, resistible. So you might as well just go along with it. Um, last year, I read 1984 um, by George Orwell. It was one of those books that I've been meaning to read since I was 18, but I finally got around to it last year. And that was one of the things that really struck me about that book, the way that Winston, and if you haven't read it, this is this may be a spoiler, but the way that Winston just felt so powerless against the, the machine of, of government. But that is describing the beast, although I don't think Orwell, Orwell was a Christian. Um, I think what he saw there is descriptive of the same kind of thing that Revelation 13 is describing. It is the beast. It is this imposition of, of authority, imposition of the government in order to, to achieve its own ends uh, rather than to achieve God's ends, you know, rather than to, to achieve um, the purpose for which God has, has given humanity. Um, and it, it says it's, it was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies um, and to exercise its authority for 42 months. So it was a blas blasphemy against God. It was against God explicitly. And the 42 months is um, 42 months is um, same as three and a half years. And we've seen that before. That three and a half years is just representative of the time between when Jesus um, ascended and when he will return. So in between Jesus's first and second coming, the time that we're living in now. Um, oh, and by the way, the, the ten horns and seven heads. Some people liken that to the number of 
um, emperors there have been since Caesar Augustus and, and so on. You know, it could could be different things. So that's just kind of um, just by the by. I forgot to forgot to say that. Um, and uh, it was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language and nation. So we saw in chapter 12 that the dragon hated the people of God. And here, there we go. Boom. That's what happens with empires. Ultimately, they they wage war against Christians. That is just what happens. That's because um, Christians are you know, God's people and the dragon hates God's people. So uses worldly empires uh, to wage war against them. And um, yeah, that's something which um, uh, is just has always been the case through human history. You know, I, I think every empire that I can think of um, really um, has at some point persecuted Christians. Uh, I mean, the Roman Empire, you know, although there were times when it was peaceful for Christians and the empire was kind of Christian, there were other times you know, under Nero, for example, as it would, would have been in recent memory when Revelation was written, when um, there was terrible persecution of Christians. Um, I would say the default position through most of the last 2000 years is that Christians have been um, persecuted. And if you look around the world today, there was a report, actually, the government produced a report, which was, I think, headed by the Bishop of Truro, Philip Mount Stephen, um, about religious persecution and saying that Christians are the most persecuted group of people, sort of religious group on the planet. Um, it lives on and it continues on and on. Um, and it, and the, the authority is a universal authority, which I don't think means uh, one one um, uh, empire across the whole world necessarily. But, you know, it's just this spirit of the beast is all across the world. Um, that I, th- I think although this may have been referring to Nero, and we'll come on to that, that actually I think that you know, it's referring just generally to the pattern of things that's going to be the case whenever we are living in, in these times. And it says all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast and um, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life. So those who are not Christian, who don't belong to Jesus, will worship the beast. That's because they, they think it's big and scary and there's nothing more big and more scary to stop them um, being scared of the beast. Um, you know what they say in um, what the Bible says in uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, you know, when we fear the Lord, we don't have to fear empires. And that's a really key thing um, for, for dealing with empires. Um, anyway, that's kind of um, by the by. And um, whoever has ears, let them hear. And you know, that's something that Jesus said as well. And it's it's just saying, you know, we need to be discerning here. Um, I know that there are people who watch um, my channel who are, are not Christian, but who are interested in this kind of thing, who are interested in revelation. And that's what I think John would say to you, to me and to all of us. Whoever has ears, let them hear. You can see what's happening in the world. You know, you can see the pattern of things that are unfolding. This is what's being predicted in in the Bible, you know. Just have have ears, let them hear what. Think about what this is saying about what's true and about what we need to do. And um, there's a quote here from Jeremiah. If anyone is, is to go into captivity, they'll go into captivity. Is if anyone is to be killed by the sword, with the sword they will be killed. And um, I think this is just a 
um, Jeremiah was written kind of about the time of the exile, a warning of, of the exile when the people of Israel were taken away by, um, I think it was Assyria at that point. I, I get a bit confused as to the, the timeline. I'd have to look that should have looked that up before. Um, but they were taken away by an enemy army. And this is something which Christians as well need are warned to expect that the enemy will not, um, that the, um, the empire will not treat us well. And some of us will be taken away to camps. And if you're in North Korea and you're um, discovered to be a Christian, you will be taken maybe to a camp or, um, or even killed. Exactly as it says there. And, and that's what happens all over the world. But it says this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. So this is something which requires God's people to be to be patient and to be faithful, it, not to give up. And this has been the big message all the way through Revelation. It's saying we're warning you. I'm warning you about what's going to happen. Yes, there will be empires come who will be hostile to you. But be patient, be faithful, and they will pass and Jesus will be victorious in the end. It will be shown to be victorious. You know, the empires will not win. And that's the, the big encouragement from Revelation. You know, not to be despondent when we see these things happening, but actually to be faithful and to hold on to God, hold on uh, to Jesus. So uh, let's let's move on to the, the next section. So this is Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 to 18. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honour of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast, so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Okay, well that last bit, the 666, I mean that's famous, isn't it? Those are famous um, things, but, but what's actually going on? So in the first half of the chapter, um, what we were seeing described was was the empire. And I think this is, if you like, the secular authorities, the secular empire. What's happening here is I think this is describing a, a religion. Um, so you see it, the, the second beast, it looked like a lamb. You think about, you know, like the lamb being Jesus in Revelation. Um, it looked like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. So Jesus warned about um, wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, false prophets, people who were, um, you know, outwardly religious, outwardly Christian, perhaps. But actually they were wolves. They were people who did not, who, you know, were actually the, the people on the side of the empire, if you like, not on God's side, but on the dragon side, on, on Satan's side. 
And I think that's what we're seeing here. And I think what we're seeing is a a, a kind of separate religion developing, which is to promote the empire. And um, it, it seemed really interesting, actually, reading this and thinking about what's been happening over the last, uh, well, I say over the last 18 months, but especially over the last few months with what's been happening about the vaccine. Um, but it was saying um, uh, it performed great signs and um, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. I think about, you know, the great signs. Um, you know, what was it? I think it was Asimov who said um, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Um, but I think technology is a sign. You know, um, it, it's, um, yeah, we have the power to heal because we've got the vaccine. You know, we've got um, we've got the power to, you know, do test and trace on the app. And, you know, we've got technology. We can track you. We can we can protect you. You know, you just you scan your QR code. We'll protect you. And, um, you know, just have the vaccine. We'll protect you and, and so on. And um, and I think it's it sort of developed. It develops into a kind of religion. And I just think it's fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating to me reading this and thinking about so many people have said that you know over the last few months what's been happening with covid has been like a religion and the religion has been you know set up to promote the empire and um, whatever the empire is um, i don't think there is a um, one it's one empire that it's referring to although I'll, i'll come back to that in a moment but there does seem to be a um all around the world you know the elites seem to be having this kind of having this same mindset so you know this kind of religion is to promote them and their ideology whatever that may be um and um yeah it says um uh it was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed So like um, Nebuchadnezzar did in the book of Daniel, just a little plug here, just a reminder that I'm doing a series on the book of Daniel um, as well um, on my Understand the Bible um, channel. So you can get I've done a first couple on that. We're going to look at Nebuchadnezzar's image, I think, next week. Um, but just as Nebuchadnezzar set up that image and said anyone who doesn't worship the image will be will be killed, will be thrown into the fiery furnace. This is what what um, the second beast does. And um Yeah, anyone who doesn't worship the beast is going to be killed. And the the religion kind of participates in that. And it forced all people to receive this mark so that they couldn't buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. And that just made me think of what's happening in Lithuania. So let me just read what it says. Uh, this is the restrictions uh, on people in Lithuania who have not been vaccinated. Some of the restrictions include you cannot visit any cafes or restaurants, you cannot enter any non-essential stores, you cannot enter any shopping centre or large store, you cannot receive beauty services, you cannot use repair services which last longer than 15 minutes, you cannot enter public indoor spaces, uh, you cannot enter a fitness centre, gym or sauna and, and so on. You know, it's a complete exclusion from um, from participation in the life of the country really if you haven't been vaccinated. Now, Look at that. Look me in the eye and tell me that that's not the mark of the beast right there. Now, 
I'd just like to say at this point that I don't think the mark of the beast is any one thing. Um, and I said this back in the vaccine passport um, uh, video a few months ago. I think that the, the mark of the beast is not referring to any one thing. I think the mark of the beast is actually about, um, you know, you have to buy in to the empire. You have to buy in to this kind of alternative religion in order to participate in, you know, in, in the country. And, and ultimately, we'll have to make a choice. You know, we'll have to decide whether we want to join that religion or to join true religion, to join Jesus. And that's the message of Revelation. Um, and um, it's significant that it's kind of a parallel that the people who belong to the Lamb have his name on their foreheads and, and you know, have received his name on them. Um, and this is like a parallel. It's a counterfeit religion. It's like a parasite, really. Um, and it, and that's what all counterfeit religions really are. And it looks like true religion, but it's not. And that's the that's really the, the, the key thing here. Now, um, this again, the calculating the number of the beast, what I said back in the previous video about vaccine passports is that this number, you could say that that was Nero. Um, I still think that that's, that's quite likely. Um, I mentioned earlier that I changed my opinion though from that video. And I think as I've been reflecting on this over the last, um, the last few months since I did that video, um, I mean, then I was really just looking at vaccine passports. But I think this is actually has a much broader implication than that. I think masks as well could be a mark of the beast, you know, because we were not um, uh, given the scientific evidence and asked to wear them. We were just said, no, you will wear them. And, you know, the coercion and telling us to do it. And, you know, I think, again, it's that, you know, where are we looking for? Where are we looking for for safety, you know, in the empire telling us what's safe or what, what isn't, rather than actually seeking to persuade us of the truth um, by means of logical argument and so on. It's an exercise in authority, which is very beast-like. Um, and, you know, I, I've been thinking about um, empires today. And, um, you know, one of the things actually which I do find... Um, interesting is the EU you know the European Union and I'm not not going to kind of um, uh, I don't want to open a can of worms here um, but I think it's it's interesting how um, the European Union is not very friendly towards Christianity and it's sort of you know explicitly did not include Christianity as part of the its sort of founding um, documents, which is interesting because of course the countries that founded the EU were all part of Christendom. Um, so why was that that left out? Um, and the EU has you know famously I think not not really been friendly to Christianity. Um, and again, is the you know the EU is not the beast but it is behaving in a beastly way, I think. And that's interesting because I, I find it fascinating looking at the way that, for one, the people who are massive fans of lockdown tend to be, obviously there are lots of exceptions, but often there is an overlap between people who are massive fans of the EU with people who are massive fans of lockdown. Why is that? Um, and... Um, it's isn't it interesting where 
a lot of the Church of England have gone when it comes to the EU as well as uh, lockdown. So, for example, Justin Welby said um, a few years ago, he called the EU the greatest dream realised for human beings since the fall of the Western Roman Empire. That's interesting to me again. It's not having a, um, you know, saying, well, the EU might be useful, it might be beneficial to, you know, to be trading with our neighbours and so on. The greatest dream realised for human beings since the fall of the Western Roman Empire. I mean, that is strong, isn't it? That is a real love for the EU. And it does seem to me that what we are witnessing um, is that the the Church of England and a lot of the um, other mainstream denominations have bought in to the to this kind of um, beastly religion, whatever you want to call it, however you want to define it. And um, I've thought for a while now that the Church of England has been changing its religion, but I think that the last 18 months have sealed it um, for me that many people in the, the hierarchy, the top hierarchy of the Church of England, are now committed to this alternative uh, religion, not to Jesus, which is desperately sad, given what, what we've just been re reading in, in, uh, in Revelation. Because it just shows that the Church has abandoned God and has, has made its bed with, with this kind of secular, beastly religion, which is actually against Christians and it's happening you know you think about the poor vicar in in Paul who had um, a clergy discipline measure raised against him because he um, he sang a hymn on Easter day I mean Easter day for goodness sake you know and he hugged a mourner at a funeral I mean what a monster you know what a ho and and he's now being pursued by the authorities or you think you know like I said a few months ago I had a conversation with um, the powers that be uh, who were unhappy with with my uh, with my videos um, because it might encourage people to break the restrictions so again you know that the the church is is behaving in a very beastly religion kind of way um and um yeah i think that i think that speaks volumes actually so uh, there's been a huge amount for me to reflect on as i've been thinking about this you know just thinking about the the empire and it's you know it's sort of opposition to God, opposition to Christians in in, in particular, and the, this kind of separate religion, this false religion, which looks like um, true religion. It's kind of a um, a parody of it. It looks a bit like it, but it's actually um, to support the empire. And you know, I think there's a lot to think about there, and I think that makes sense of a huge amount of what's been happening. But sadly. Um, I do feel so many people are just not aware, not awake to, to what is happening. And this is why I think revelation is so important, because you know when you know this, when you when you read it, then it, it helps to make sense of what's going on in the world. And then you think, OK, well, we need to stand with Jesus. We need to stand against vaccine passports and, you know, this kind of authoritarianism, which is sweeping through, um, well, a lot of the, not just the Western world, but a lot of the world at the moment. You know, we need to take a stand against it. And this is the time. This is the time to stand. But there's also good news because empires do not last. And that's something which I'm going to be looking at in Daniel um, in this uh, this coming week, um, which should be up to, up on Understand the Bible tomorrow afternoon. So, um, yeah, lots to think about there. 
but also cause for prayer. And um, so I'm going to finish this video with um, or this podcast. Um, those of you who are listening on the podcast, hello. Um, I do apologise, by the way. Um, I started doing. I've been doing videos for a few years now, and I haven't been doing podcasts, you know. And I just um, yeah. So I apologise if you're listening. I keep referring to the video. Um, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's take a moment to pray anyway, and um, ask for God's help in making sense of everything and in siding at the end to be patient and to be faithful. Our Heavenly Father, we do recognize as we read this chapter um, about some of the big things going on in the world, the way that empires are acting in a this kind of beastly uh, way, and the way that um, these um, the beastly religion is taking hold of people. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, for a, a real, um, uh, for, for us, we pray that you would help us to be patient and faithful, to endure and hold on to Jesus. And we pray that many people would see what is happening before it's too late. And many people would uh, turn to you and look to Jesus. And we pray, Lord, for a restoration of um, a real um, godly uh, leadership in our country. So we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much, everyone, uh, for joining me. It's a big chapter, lots to think about there. I've really enjoyed doing Revelation so far, and it's been getting better, actually, as, as we've been going through. Um, do let me know um, if you have any comments below. Um, don't forget to click the thumbs up button. I do appreciate that. And um, yeah, if you'd like to subscribe, you can click the subscribe button, click the bell. You get an email and uh, or go on my website. You can go on the email uh, list. And uh, the buy me a coffee link, if you appreciate what I do, um, the buy me a coffee link is down under the, the video as well. Um, but I just appreciate any support. And um, you know, a few people have said over the last few days just how much they've um, you know appreciated and just having the community as well, you know, just not being alone and, and all of that kind of thing. I think it's so important. So, um, yeah, it's it's all good. And um, yeah, I hope that uh, we can continue growing uh, together and just exploring what's happening and helping us to be patient and to endure uh, and to be faithful. So thanks so much, everyone. I'll see you again soon. Take care and uh, God bless.